You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Welcome to the Matt Walsh Podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you had a, uh, I feel like I've been gone forever. Um, I hope you had a great, uh, a great holiday and all that good stuff. Okay. Now, I want to say something uh, quickly about this issue of Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz's eligibility to run for president. And I can't believe it even needs to be commented on, but honestly, I haven't been able to believe like 98% of what's happened this election season. Part of me still thinks I'm I'm in the middle of, some kind of terrible nightmare, like I'm like I'm in a coma or something, and I'm dreaming this, or maybe I've been abducted by aliens, and this is all uh, a simulation to see how far they can go before I lose my mind. You know, uh, something from a Twilight Zone episode. I mean, I, I'd rather believe that. I'd rather think that than think that you know Donald Trump is actually the front runner in the Republican primary, and a lot of people I used to admire and respect have become his groupies. Because that that is an un, it's a, it's an unbearable uh, thought. This whole election season is on it's been unbearable for me. And I try to you know I think a lot of people don't understand you know there's plenty of people that are not fans of Donald Trump um, who can understand my aversion to him. But it's hard for me to communicate just this has been very devastating for me. I have to be honest with you. I'm not even exaggerating. It's been devastating what's happened. And I don't think Donald Trump's actually going to be president. Uh, well, he would lose to Hillary Clinton anyway, which I think which we'll get to that in a second. But I don't know if he's actually going to win the nomination. But at this point, it doesn't really matter what happens. You know, he could drop out tomorrow, God willing. And it wouldn't change. It wouldn't really make me feel any better because it wouldn't change what has been revealed. And this is what I say, the devastating part. The devastating part is what this has revealed about the conservative movement, about many um, conservative uh, sort of thought leaders, I guess, in media and new media, old media, talk radio, cable news, you know, it's revealed something, something very troubling. And I guess before this, and I always knew that, you know, it's it's not quite as simple as to say, well, uh, the liberals are on one side and then my side is the conservatives. 
Now, I do believe that the, the that liberalism is on sort of one side. You know, that is, as I've said many times, liberalism is the enemy, culturally speaking. Uh, it's the greatest threat to to our to our civilization. But there isn't one homogenous other side to that. And I've always known that, you know, conservatism is something that that's very difficult to define. And that many people who would say, oh, I'm a conservative too, I probably disagree with them fundamentally on so many things that it'd be hard for me to say I'm really on their side. But this has shown that, um, is shown that um, I guess, conservatives who are actually principled, who actually believe you know, in the things that I believe, appear to be, if not in the minority, then pretty close to it. And anyway... Um, you know, I, I read somewhere, I don't, I don't remember where now, but I, I don't remember who said it, but it echoed a thought that's occurred to me before when trying to figure out the Trump phenomenon. Because you have obviously, you know, you have the normal citizens who are his fans. And uh, you can explain that the same way you explain the Obama phenomenon. Mob mentality. A bunch of people who lack wisdom, lack knowledge, are now being taken in by someone, uh, by a charlatan. Because they like the way he makes them feel. His, his whole shtick, his act, as transparent as it is to you and me, to them is cathartic. And really, they're in love with him, personally. It's a cult of personality. And so that's easy enough to understand, you know, um, objectively speaking. But how do you explain the conservative media figures who have either failed to call Trump out or who have pretty much come out and, and if not endorsed him verbally, um, they have uh, made it clear that they're fans of his. How do you explain that? Because these people know better. These are people who have spent years, decades even, railing against any candidate who isn't sufficiently conservative. These are the ones who, who still seem to hate Marco Rubio who's been given like a 100% grade from the NRA, the right to life, uh, every conservative group, yet they hate him because he was wrong on one thing three years ago. These people who are purists with everyone else, but with Trump, they overlook the fact that he's been wrong on literally everything and continues to be wrong on most things. And it's just an all-around fraud. So why are these types going for him? I'm talking about the conservative, you know, media figures. And the theory, um, a theory, is that they know Hillary will be elected if he's nominated. And they want Hillary. They want Hillary because she would be good for business. You know, it's harder to be a, a conservative talk radio host or columnist or author or pundit when there's a Republican in the White House, especially if you're a very Republican conservative type. Now, see, someone like me, I'm not worried about it because, well, number one, I actually do care about, you know, when, when, I, when I say I want something to happen, I actually, I actually want that thing to happen. You know, when I say I'm working towards a goal, I actually want to accomplish that goal. But for me, I don't, you know, it, it's, I'm not, I don't care about the Republican Party. I care more about the cultural issues. You know, I'm, I'm focused on the culture. And whether or not there's a Republican in the White House, the culture is, uh, is still going to be the issue that I care about. So it doesn't. So in terms of you know, me writing and the things that I, that I comment on, it, would, it wouldn't be affected very much one way or another 
by having a Republican or Democrat in the White House because the culture pretty much has remained the same. We've been on this cultural downhill trajectory um, regardless of whether or not there's a Republican or Democrat in the White House. And personally, I would love very much to go on an upward trajectory in the culture for things to start to get better, even if that means I have less to talk about. I would love to get to the point where I have nothing to talk about and I have to go and, you know, get a real job doing so. I would love that. I really would. I really would. But you know, it just occurred to me, I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, if you say your whole business is conservatism, if you pretended to be this principled person, why would you support or tolerate or get, seem to get behind in some way someone who represents the opposite of that, like Donald Trump? Not just represents the opposite, but someone who threatens to uh, destroy this movement that you have spearheaded. Why would you do that? And the one of the only reasons I can come up with is that um, you want, you know he'll lose and you want to get Hillary in there because that would be good for, good for business. Because for some of these people, I think with a Republican in the White House, there's less to discuss, less to be outraged about. And so they want Hillary. And I think especially they don't want to be in a position, I guess like some of the more uh, during the Bush administration, of having to spend eight years defending the government. That's a precarious position to be in. You get a Republican in there. Now they're, the, now they're on defense, doing what liberals have been doing for eight years. And that's no fun. Nobody wants to do that. So I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's just one theory. But anyway, um, so Trump has been uh, out there, as you know, basically insinuating that Cruz, Ted Cruz, is not eligible to be president. And um, now, because Trump said it, suddenly Trumplings in the conservative media and in the country are all quite certain that this is an issue. Nobody talked about it before, but now that Trump, their idol, has said it, now it's an issue. Yesterday, Trump said that Cruz needs to go to court to find out if he's eligible. Someone should sue him to send him to court. You know, this is full-on birther stuff. Just like back in the 08 with Obama. And this is what Trump is doing. This is the what he's resorted to. And a lot of conservatives are playing along. It's absurd, of course. Trump Cruz was born to an American citizen. His mom is a citizen. He is a citizen. If your parents go overseas or up north and give birth to you, that doesn't make you a citizen of whatever country you're born in. Just like, uh, you know, if you're a, a woman uh, serving in the military overseas and you give birth, you know, on a military base in Afghanistan, um, that doesn't mean that your kid is now, in Afghan- is now a citizen of Afghanistan. It doesn't work that way. But that's apparently what, what Trump seems to think. Um, they think that, or they're willing to believe that you're a citizen of whatever country you're born in. But I I want you to step up because nobody seems to have, you know, I haven't heard anyone make this point, but do you see the irony here? Do you see it? I mean, really think about this. What Trump and his supporters are saying is that it's possible that Ted Cruz is a Canadian because 
he was born in Canada. Even though his mother was a Canadian, it was an American citizen, born in Canada, crossed the border, makes you Canadian. They're saying that with Cruz. Yet, yet, remember it was Trump that started this whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, that 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 um, uh, that created a lot of outrage among some people, especially liberals. When he suggested that so-called anchor babies in America aren't really American. Trump has said himself dozens of times, hundreds probably, that just because a Mexican citizen crosses the border and has a baby in America does not make that baby American. That's Trump's version, isn't it? And all of his supporters. They thought oh, immigration's the most important thing. Nothing is more important than immigration. Immigration, immigration. Well, now they've taken a position on Cruz that undermines that position. They say, oh, immigration's the most important thing. Immigration. That's why I'm a fan of Trump, because of immigration. Well, now Trump has led you to take a to to a to an opinion that undermines one of the central tenets of his immigration platform, which is that just because you're born in a particular country doesn't make you a citizen of that country if your mother is a citizen of another country. So if Ted Cruz is a Canadian citizen or was a Canadian citizen when he was born because his mother had him in Canada, then that means that all of these so-called anchor babies are American citizens, aren't they? You follow the logic. This is very basic stuff. This, this is basic logic. Okay, that's what this is. You know, if if uh, if A plus B equals C in one scenario, then in another scenario, A plus B still equals C, does it not? One plus one equals two in America. One plus one still equals two in in, in Canada. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter because um, it, it, Trump can contradict himself. Uh, he can just say whatever he wants. He can lie. He can say, the, he can say you know, uh, five different things on the same subject in, in, in the span of, like, one interview. And it, it doesn't matter. And his supporters will go along. It doesn't matter. And they'll always have a reason for it. And a lot of times they'll say, well, it doesn't matter because in the end he'll take care of immigration. That's all that matters. Well, here we have him saying something that actually undermines his immigration platform. But that still doesn't matter. Eh, it doesn't matter. Because for the Trumplings, it's not about immigration for them. It really isn't for most of them. It's, 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 it's just about Trump. That's all it is. Because you know something else? If it was really about immigration, then they would look at the fact that Trump, you know, okay, Marco Rubio came on the wrong side of the um, immigration debate three years ago. And Trump fans have not forgotten it. They won't forgive it. They say, okay, yeah, you've changed now, but that's what you said three years ago. We can't trust you. Well, Donald Trump's never been in political office. He's never voted on the issue. But he spent decades, decades, um, enriching and supporting politicians who were or open borders extremists. Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, Hillary Clinton. Uh, 
and so many others. So actually, Donald Trump has even more than just a, a politician who casts a vote. Money, money talks, right? Donald Trump would be the first to say that. Money makes a difference. And he helped elect and support open borders politicians for decades. Decades. So if, if immigration was really the most important issue, nothing matters more than this. Nothing matters more than the border. That's what Trump says. Well, then why was he supporting open borders politicians? So you're saying nothing matters more than the border except his own money? Because that's what the, the, Trump, the Trumplings will say. They'll say, well, he, you know, he gave them, he bribed them so that you know, he could get better business deals. As if that's a good excuse. Oh, okay, so he, he has no integrity. All right, well, he's corrupt. Great, awesome. But your, your, whole, your whole thing is that, uh, yeah, he's corrupt, but, but immigration is the most, so all that matters is, well, then shouldn't, then if immigration is the most important thing, then shouldn't, then shouldn't you require that there be one area, at least, where Donald Trump is not corrupt and is, in fact, honest, and that be on immigration? But we see on immigration, he has contradicted himself. He spent 20 years undermining the border by, by supporting the politicians that he supported. And uh, even now, he says things constantly that undermine his own immigration position. Shouldn't that matter to you at all? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't because, um, as I said in the end, this is just about Trump. They just like Trump. That's, it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't matter. You know, There's no way to disprove it. They just like him uh, as a person. They're infatuated. Yeah, it's too bad. But hopefully there's enough of us uh, sane and reasonable folks left that we can, uh, you know, some, somehow, some way put a, put a stop to that. And I guess we'll begin to see whether that's going to happen once the uh, primary start in a few weeks. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Have a great, great weekend. And I'll, I'll talk to you next week. See you later.